Welcome, welcome, welcome to a wonderful episode of The Gospel According to Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and this is my podcast where I read the Bible from cover to cover because there's just nothing else for me to do. Um, I need to find a list of those things I need to do. But um, today we're just going to, we're hopefully going to be a shorter episode before we hop into Job next week. That's exciting. Um, but today is going to be a review on Esther. Um, uh, that, that will be super fun. And I'm going to do it from two different sources because uh, we had one from Schmoop before, which was pretty fun because they had uh, kind of a laid back sort of a language. And then one from Insight.org, mostly because it seemed to have a bit more um, a quality of information, as it were. Uh, people who actually seem to study this or at least, you know, <laughs> have spent some time with this, regardless of whatever their um, religious backgrounds are. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, thank you again for listening. And part of it, I'm sure, is me doing two of these a week. But you folks in Columbus are fucking killing it for me. Thank you. Um, yeah, since where we're at. Um, business time. Um, so we have uh, a website, www.johnwatersvoiceover.com forward slash podcasts, where you can find us and uh, check out everything I kind of do, as well as hire me if you uh, feel so inclined. Um, let's see. Uh, you can also find us at according to stupid at gmail.com and on the Twitter sphere at accord to stupid. Okay. Let's start with the uh, kind of goofier one first, and we'll go from there. Right? Okay. Um, the Book of Esther summary from schmoop.com. All right. The Book of Esther begins with the queen of King ah- Ahasuerus, Vashti, which seems weird because it was Xerxes before, wasn't it? Uh, snubbing the king's request to meet with her. Naturally, being a rather unstable fellow, uh, Xerxes fires slash divorces her. Now, he needs to pick a new queen and eventually manages to select Esther, a comely, young, secretly Jewish woman who is a part of his harem. Uh, as for her backstory, Esther's an orphan. Ah, so we found that right. Who was raised by her righteous cousin, Mordecai. Oh, I thought it was an uncle. When the king came looking for young virgins uh, to possibly fill the role of his new queen, <laughs> Esther made sure to jump into line. She wins favor with the people in the harem and eventually with the king himself, becoming queen. Moreover, Mordecai helps uncover a plot to kill the king, allowing Esther to warn him in time. This earns him some brownie points as well. But all is not well in the king's courts. Treachery is afoot. When Mordecai refuses to bow down to the evil counselor Haman in the street, the evil, probably mustache-twisting uh, counselor, decides to engineer a plot to murder all the Jews in the Persian Empire. Yeah. The plot basically involves Haman going to the king and saying, I think we should kill all the Jews in the Persian Empire. And the king saying, says, to paraphrase, to paraphrase him, All right. Haman walks away, twisting his mustache some more, probably, glad that the king has uh, cottoned his genocidal uh, plans. The king doesn't know that his own queen is Jewish because Esther's been keeping it a secret, but the threat of the Jewish Im Jews' imminent demise kicks Esther and Mordecai into action. Mordecai goes and wails outside the palace gates while wearing sackcloth and Esther fasts for three days before visiting the king. Esther is worried the king will execute her for visiting him visiting him unannounced, but, to the contrary, he is mellowed and pleased. He offers to give her whatever she wants, up to half the kingdom. 
which is part, well, part of this, but I do remember from doing this on Tuesday. Uh, she asks him to have a banquet for her and Haman the next day. Then, after the banquet, she asks for another one on the following day. Meanwhile, Haman is excited about the massacre that's about to happen. He builds a huge gallows to hang Mordecai. Yeah, like 70-some feet or some shit. But his hopes are dashed the following morning when the king, remembering how Mordecai saved his life, orders Haman to honor Mordecai and lead him in a parade through the town, which Haman very reluctantly does. At the second banquet, Esther asks the king to punish Haman for trying to kill her and her people, and the king does. Haman is hanged to death, as, you know, you go, on the same gallows he built for Mordecai. Ironic indeed. The Jews of Persia massacre all of Haman's agents and supporters, roughly 75,000 people in all. I, it's supporters is kind of a, you know, the term. Uh, Mordecai is made into the king's new counselor, and Purim becomes an official Jewish holiday uh, to celebrate. Good times, gang. Uh, <laughs> they have like a video on the bottom of this. I got a little distracted. Okay, so that was Schmoops. Uh, let's get this from Insight.org. Let's see what uh, what this fucking says. Who wrote the book? The unknown author of the Book of Esther was most likely a Jew very familiar with the royal Persian court. The detailed descriptions of court life and traditions, as well as the events that occurred in the book, point to an eyewitness author, because his perspective was pro-Jewish. Authors believe he was a Jew writing for the remnant that had returned to Judah under Zerubbabel. Some have suggested Mordecai himself was the author, though the accolades for him found in the text suggest that another person, perhaps one of his younger contemporaries, was the author. The book is named for the star of the story, a young Jewish girl named Hadassah, who was taken from her guardian Mordecai, and forced to complete, compete for the affection of the king. This unlikely contestant for a beauty pageant was crowned king, queen excuse me, of Persia and renamed Esther, meaning star. Where are we? The events of the book of Esther occurred from 8, uh, 483 BC to 473 BC, so about 10 years, during the first half of the reign of King Xerxes, who chose Esther as his queen. During this time period, the first remnant of Jews who had returned to Judah were struggling to reestablish the temple worship according to the law of Moses. But Esther and Mordecai, along with many other Jews, had chosen not to make the trek back to Judah. They seemed content to stay in Susa, the capital city of Persia, in which the story is set. The book was written no earlier than 470 BC and probably no later than 424 BC during the reign of Xerxes' son, Artaxerxes. Why is Esther so important? Yeah, why? Esther is the only book in the Bible not to mention the name of God. Oh! But that is not to say that God was absent. His presence permeates much of the story, does he? As though he were behind the scenes coordinating coincidences and circumstances to make his will happen. Was he? Much like the Book of Ruth, this book stands as one of the most skillfully written by biblical books, using eight feasts to systematically build and resolve suspense. The author con constructed the story uh, chiastically, huh. using a Hebrew literary device in which events mirror each other inversely. Early listeners to the story would have recognized significant events and followed the rising tension with understanding. Amon, the king's evil second-in-command, command was a descendant of Agag, Agag, king of the Amalek, Amalekites, Amalekites, 
who were the ancient enemies of God's people. Numbers 24-7, 1 Samuel 15-8, he cast the lot called Pur in order to determine the day that the Jews would be exterminated, Esther 3-7-9. The Feast of Purim, still celebrated by Jews today, commemorates the Jews' deliverance from Haman's plot, 924-32. What's the big idea? While the primary purpose of the book of Esther was to relate the dramatic origins of the Feast of Purim, a greater theme shines through the story. The sovereignty and faithfulness of God permeate each scene. Does it? Nothing is truly coincidental. The book of Esther says to us, God's sovereignty is best summarized in Mordecai's exhortation to Esther. And who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this. That's not a fucking good quote for this. It's just like, oh, what a time for you to get fucking rich, isn't it? That's not a godly thing. Fuck you. When events seemed out of control for Esther and Mordecai, when the king dictated ruin for the people, when evil was poised to triumph, God was at work. No, no, he wasn't. He worked through their dark days. Esther was taken to the harem, 2-1-1-16. Their faithful obedience, Esther risked her life before the king. That's just bravery. 5, 1 to 3, and their victories, Esther revealed Haman's plot and the Jews' destruction of their enemies, 7 to 9. Bullshit! God didn't have a fucking thing to do with this shit, beyond a religious persecution of people who were worshipping, apparently poorly, God, but God had nothing to do with this, I don't think. He had no real hand in this. He could have, if he didn't have any hands in this, it would have still ended up the way it was, honestly. There is nothing else. People just did a thing and it just kind of worked out. Putting the God thing into coincidences seems to just lend itself to give someone more power than they need to have. And I don't think that's the way it is. Fucking dumb. This message is clear, it says. God is sovereign even when life doesn't make sense. No, no, no. Because he'll, like, he, if there's any proof before the books before this, if God doesn't intervene, he doesn't give a fuck. You know, and unless apparently this book puts it out there that, yeah, he's in there, why the fuck wouldn't they put him in this one? Wouldn't it be better if he were in there to make such a conclusion? If he's not mentioned, he's not there. He wasn't in there with really Ezra and like Nehemiah either, really. I mean, he's like, oh, hey, thanks for the wall and shit, but he's also not really there. They're just kind of praising and talking to him and trying to get him to listen again. So if she, if God is working through, like, this one thing for everybody to have a feast at some point, which really also is just to be like, hey, we're not being fucking murdered, it's also not really a thing of just, like, we're not being murdered because of our religious persecution. Yay, neat, which is, like, an indirect godly thing. But I don't think God was a part of this. Not at all. Fuck you. This message... Oh, wait, I already read that. God is also the great promise keeper. No, he isn't! Mordecai said to Esther, If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, Hey, you fucking know about this. You need to fucking speak up because you're the only one who can. You dumb prick. Like, this isn't the way this is that goes, being like, he, he isn't prophetic. It's not prophetic to have, like, a guy with a gun in a dark alley that says, like, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> and the only person who can stop this is a cop. And you tell him, hey, man, if you don't stop this, he's going to kill me. It isn't God working through it. Fuck you. I got real uppity on that one. 
Mordecai's words reflected his faith that God would honor his eternal covenant with a No, he didn't! You dumb prick! It, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, last little bit. How do I apply this? Life can be hard, yeah. Difficult times happen. Mm -hmm. And pain cannot be avoided. Well, when life doesn't make sense, uh, do you turn to God or away from him? No one turned to him! Let the book of Esther encourage you uh, that God is always present. He's not. Jesus called us friends. He hasn't yet. John 15, 15. And the Spirit is our helper. Is he? Trust and obey, as Esther did. Okay, well, yes, she did trust in her uncle, father, cousin, whoever this is. And she did obey, all of course it. And she was courageous in this. So, but godly? Mm, I don't know. And watch God silently weave all events for his glory. I believe that one. And for his glory, his glory, it's him. He's self-serving. He's a fucking maniac. And watch God silently weave events for his glory, dot, 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 and our good. So we're fucking second on this. If this is all entirely true, he's doing this for his own fucking ends, honestly. Hmm. Well, I got animated for this. Um, yeah. <laughs> so enjoy. Those were the two uh, that I uh, summarized and read and whatnot. And I hope you enjoyed the like hour and a half that me and my wife did for Esther. She may not be back, but if you demand that she return, I bet she'll be more than happy to hop into the chair and read another couple chapters or something like that if something comes along your way or whatever. If you're like, or if you're like. More Laurel, and I'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do summary things or something. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening. Please leave a review if you can. Share with your friends. Give us a five-star review on Apple Pods, and that'd be fucking great. And uh, you've been gospel to by the stupid. <laughs>